0: Thanks for joining us and welcome to episode 24 of the Boys of Tech for Monday, the 6th of July, 2009. I'm Edwin Herman. My co-host is Brett King. Welcome, Brett. Howdy. Brett, uh, this week we've almost got as many New Zealand stories as we do world stories.
1: Indeed. It's been, <laughs> it's been slow for the world and big for New Zealand.
0: Yeah. Well, we'll kick off as we always do with the international stories first, and then we'll do the New Zealand stories at the end. So, first up tonight, Pirate Bay has announced that it will start a video streaming service that will effectively give you access to any video that, that they can get their hands on, copyright or not.
1: Hmm, it's a very interesting, provocative move on their part.
0: Yeah, provocative is the word, all right. Uh, especially <laughs> with what's been going on, or, you know, with the. With the trial already, <laughs> with the trial, yeah. So I, I, I don't know quite what they're what they're thinking if it's going to help the case. I suspect not.
1: I suspect it's more of a stick it to them sort of move yeah. than a than anything else, really.
0: <laughs> Do you think it would affect the trial at all? It, it, it shouldn't really, should it?
1: Well, the trial's already over, and well, the have the already been they've already been denied their retrial appeal.
0: Oh, have they been uh, so denied that?
1: They've been denied a retrial. So I'm not sure if they can appeal that any higher. I'm not sure what the legal system works like in Sweden. But yeah, their their bid for an appeal based on the fact that one of the presiding judges was a member of several committees on copy protection <laughs> has come back saying that no, no, we don't think that was any there was no bias in that case.
0: <laughs> <laughs> You're so right. we're
1: not going to grant you a retrial. So that's already come down week before last, and this looks like a pretty big stick it to them sort of <laughs> sort of thing.
0: Yeah, I I find it kind of strange that they they came up with a conclusion that there was no bias. There, you know, if if Tui was uh, was a beer sold in Sweden, you could just imagine the Tui ad. Indeed, there was no bias. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, The good, the good thing though is that they're using the new HTML5 tags, kind of like what uh, YouTube we're going to play around with.
1: Mm, mm. That would be quite interesting.
0: Yeah, if if anything, I'll I'll visit, uh, I'll go there and uh, just to try out the new HTML5 with one of the uh, browsers that supports it. Yeah. All right, in Australia, they're trialing new technology, which effectively does away with the parking warden's chalk. As you know, when you've got a time limit for for your car park, parking wardens come along and they chalk your tyres and they come back after the time limit. If the chalk is still there, they conclude that you haven't driven anywhere, which kind of makes sense. Well, it kind of does seem rather old fashioned to be doing this in the 21st century, doesn't it?
1: Indeed, it does. I would have thought that would have come up with a better way of doing it a long time ago. But I guess the old methods are sometimes the best methods True. until a big leap such as this um, technology
0: here. So this is basically a, a drive-by digital imaging system that has uh, lasers and GPS to kind of electronically chalk park cars. And and it, it can throw up alerts to the parking warden when, when they return to that area as to which car's the system believes... Uh, Our cars uh,
1: that have just stayed still. Yeah,
0: basically have yeah, over, overstayed their welcome. And they can verify that then uh, manually with... Checking the um, number um,
1: license details, et
0: cetera. Yeah. So this, this is good because I've often thought, I've, I've tried to come up with ideas on how, how we could get rid of this parking warden's chalk. And one of the things I thought of some time ago was an iPhone app. But I wasn't quite you know, making use of the camera and stuff, but wasn't quite sure how that was going to work. And in the Mm. end, I couldn't really formulate a a plan that would work so well. But I I think this is probably the best way to go.
1: Indeed, indeed. It looks like it can, what was it, uh, scan and image two vehicles per second. And they're currently already using it in Canada and parts of the US, according to the sites. So it'll be interesting to see what the trial comes up with in Australia. And you never know, might be seeing it on a New Zealand road soon after.
0: Yeah, yeah,
1: But yeah, it's, 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 it's anything which helps the, the parking warden's job because, you know, in Australia, they've got those coordinated groups that go around erasing the chalk. <laughs> so, <laughs> and that kind of defeats the purpose. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, and also, I guess the abuse you get can't be, it can't make the job very nice.
1: No, no. The thing that'll be... I guess in the the current economic environment, which will be quite well scrutinized, will be whether or not this technology will put people out of work, put some of those parking wardens out of work. And sometimes bringing in technology to put people out of work is not always looked upon very well.
0: Not in the, no, not in a time exactly as you said, where we we need to hang on to our jobs. Mm. Uh, But on the other hand, the flip side of that, of course, is that they are saving money. So... But saving money means making people redundant. So it's kind of a tough one.
1: Mm. It'll be interesting to see whether or not they can, they do, yeah, keep the same number of wardens that they've got already. They just equip them differently. Mm. Have them drive around. They'll definitely be able to cover a lot more ground.
0: Yeah, that's for sure. Absolutely.
1: And it will mean that those people out there who think they can get away with it by coming past and rubbing off people's chalk marks are not going to be able to get away with it anymore.
0: (laughs) You know, I have been tempted to rub off my own chalk mark when I've gone back to the car and thought, I could do with another hour or so, But (laughs) but I haven't.
1: Indeed. All you need to do is roll your car forward a few meters oh, well. a few feet. Yeah, uh, make the chalk mark disappear. Oh do it, do it that way, yeah.
0: Well actually, you know, I don't do that because I Because
1: that way you've moved.
0: Yes, you have, but I, <laughs> if you're still in the same park, uh, you kind of think, Well, I how do I know that the chalk is just one method? I do actually wonder whether they remember or take photos or have some other technology to, to remember which car was where and I think well no, oh, no I have
1: seen parking wardens putting more than just the one mark of chalk on.
0: Ah. See, if they did it roadside, people would be less likely to notice because, pe- well, simply because as you approach your car from the from the footpath and people that expect that that's where the chalk mark is, they might actually not really, you know, notice if it's on the roadside. Indeed. So they won't know to look. Yeah. Mm. I suppose they could mm. get cunning as to how they do the chalk. But uh, no, they look, this, this technology could well see uh, the chalk, uh, parking warden's chalk disappear. Kind of like the yeah. way carbon paper did
1: yeah well, i wonder how that will impact on the chalk industry because hmm. <laughs>
0: <Yeah. laughs> already they don't have the of the schools anymore they apparently they're all whiteboards now and, and electronic boards <laughs> yeah i remember when, <laughs> when we went to school it was all blackboards wasn't
1: it oh, indeed blackboards green boards all chalk
0: yeah and even university first few years of university was at least for the courses i did were we all on on green boards yeah you also mentioned those organised groups that go and rub off the chalk. Well, that actually reminds me of a case just here in New Zealand where a woman got in trouble for for going around putting five cents into the. This is in the old style Parker meters, you know. Where ah, had yes, points I remember that. Yeah, case. she put five cents in in you know each meter after the, or just, sorry, just ahead of the parking warden to prevent the you know a ticket from being issued, and she got into trouble yep. for that. Which uh, it's kind of I know what she's doing is is kind of like defeating the purpose of. What it's supposed to, but you, you kind of think they'd let that one go she's putting I mean it's been paid for
1: yeah but it's only five cents so how many minutes has it been paid for? and that's the point of it is if she was putting a buck in there which gives you know a decent amount of time back in those days, um, that would be fine but she's putting five cents in, which is the minimum amount, which is only a few minutes, you so, know, maybe yeah, then, 10, 15 minutes. And that means that the parking warden then has to come back in 15 minutes to see whether or not they've actually gone or whether or not they've stayed for, you know, an hour or more longer. It's making more work for the parking warden. Well, then, That was that, the that, reason that, that she it was is. prosecuted for is it. not because she was going around giving people, you know, free time, uh, it was the fact that she was making more work for the parking wardens because she was only putting in the absolute minimum amount, which only gave you like 10 to 15 minutes worth of extra time.
0: But if the parking wardens were smart about it, they'd just sort of turn around or disappear into a shop for a few minutes and come back out and then redo the the same. But like you said, it's it's more work for them and it's effectively deliberately creating more work. Yeah, it's deliberately
1: costing them more money.
0: (laughs) Mm, You'd still think it'd be legal, but anyway no no
1: i think <laughs> serves are <her> right
0: <laughs> yeah in a way i don't really uh i don't really sympathize with uh, drivers who overstay to be honest i mean why oh,
1: indeed you you only sympathize with drivers who overstay when you are one of those drivers you never sympathize with them when you are one of the dozens of other people trying <laughs> to find a park yeah
0: looking for a park exactly <laughs> all righty hey usb 3.0 apparently is going to come out uh end of the year in fact end of the
1: year some of manufacturers have said that they're going to be having machines on it and it looks really really good
0: yeah it does what sort of speeds is that going to go up to because at the moment usb 2 is up to 480 megabits a second
1: Uh, ah usb 3 up from like 4.8 to 5 gigabits per second wow a tenfold increase
0: that's that's brilliant
1: That is absolutely brilliant. And the coolest part about the whole thing, it's all backwards and forwards compatible.
0: Ah, Lovely, lovely. If only software manufacturers did the same sort of thing.
1: Oh, indeed. (laughs) If only most things did this. (laughs) Well, yeah. (laughs) It's like, yes, (laughs) we've come up with a much better transfer mechanism. We need to make a new plug
0: so that people have to
1: upgrade and can't use their old stuff.
0: Oh, that's the stupidest so, thing ever, oh. and it
1: frustrates the entire
0: community. Absolutely, so frustrating. No, this is good. This is good news. The only thing I will say, and this is my experience with USB, is that although, the, for example, let's compare it with FireWire, well, FireWire four hundred, not even FireWire eight hundred. FireWire 400, although it has a lower maximum figure of 400, is actually faster. You get more data through it more than sustained. you do. It, you, you, yes, yes, it's beca- absolutely. It's because it's sustained. It it sits up at that 99% uh, saturation right the way through, which is why it's good for di- uh, digital video. Whereas mm. USB, as you know, sort of you know, peaks and troughs and comes in yep. and bursts. Now, I hope and I'd like USB 3 to be. In the well, same way, when that, it's
1: transferring four point eight to five gigabits per second, you would, you know, and it's doing it. It can do it through multiple different sessions on there. That's the point. Part of the whole
0: the technique,
1: yeah, the new technique using USB three. It's the fact that they're using more wires to do the transfer. Mm. Well, I, I so it's yeah, more efficient handling, splitting up the the information into several different streams of information, all going at once instead of the one stream.
0: So if, this, uh, if it does handle a, a, a nice sustained level of uh, throughput, this will be brilliant. This could, in fact, almost replace the need for FireWire. Mm,
1: definitely. It's definitely got the potential to be majorly higher throughput. In fact, they were suggesting that there's the potential for even for high-definition streaming across USB connections because you can, with uh, 5 gigabit per second speed, you have the ability to stream 1080i definition video across it. So
0: yeah, that'd be nice. They, they have also said though that the early models are likely to only ever reach about a quarter of the potential speed. Mm, so yes.
1: they're not expecting anything to actually be able to, you know, hit the upper ends of its capabilities until in 2011 or more.
0: So 140 million units, uh, 2011. 340 million units 2012.
1: One of the other things Mm -hmm. I thought was really cool about it, not only it's backwards and forwards compatibility, but at the moment when it's doing transfers or doing any of that sort of stuff, if you've got multiple devices plugged into the same USB hub, plugged into the same USB port onto your computer, the communication from your computer is going to the USB hub and then going to all of the devices. So it's sending the information to all of the devices uh, when it only needs to send it to one. So you might have, you know, a USB Christmas light in, plugged into one of them, but the data being sent to that port is the data going to your USB drive. So it, it like blankets, it's it broadcast, but with USB 3.0, it now, it's smart, it only sends the information through to the correct device at the
0: end. That must be a bit like FireWire because I had a, I, w- I was reading about FireWire some years ago when it, you know, when it became quite popular and mm. the, the one advantage that they were touting was apart from the nice sustained speeds that you get was the fact that it's it's not host-based so in other words it doesn't need hosts to you know to act as the go-between so you can have a, a f- two firewire devices that can talk to each other whereas with usb yeah. you do need some host with some you need
1: a host port and yeah. then Slave ports.
0: Yeah, so I don't know whether like, the the I'm not quite sure whether USB 3 uh, is now moving towards FireWire in that way, based on what you said. Or if that's something else. But
1: yeah, there's there's nothing that I've read so far which has talked about whether or not they will still be the the two definitions. I know they've already got auto switching ports, but whether or not oh, okay. it'll be auto switching, or whether or not it is just a USB port and it does what
0: it does. Well, it's good to see these the, the new speeds being announced now, so we know where we're heading. So so that's really good. Mm. So the, there is a, a future for USB. Yep, it's USB yep. 3. Mm. All righty, Microsoft has tossed out a vomit ad. <laughs> I like this. <laughs> it's a good story. Uh, this is the, one of the ads for Internet Explorer 8. It's supposed to show you how if you go to Internet Explorer 8, you can browse safely and secretly without any trace of your footprints and where you've been and so on. And it features uh, a couple sitting down at a table and and the woman Uh, the man gets up to leave he's been using the laptop the woman says oh can I borrow your laptop and she grabs the laptop off him and you can only assume you can't really see anything but you can only assume that she's found what he's been looking at through the history and then she actually vomits right on screen and uh, that's kind of the the, the way the ad goes I'll tell you what I'm going to do I'm just going to play the ad uh, now take a listen to this Can I borrow your laptop for a minute? Sure. It's us. Oh, God.
1: <gasps> Do you suffer from OMG IGP? Or, oh my God, I'm gonna puke? <laughs> if you share a computer with this guy, you might. Tell him to wow. download Internet Explorer 8. Really? And start using in private browsing so he doesn't leave anything in the history. And you will never be surprised by
0: harry*********.com <laughs> again.
1: Internet Explorer 8. Browse better.
0: There you go. <laughs> 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 oh. <laughs> with the imagery, it's even better, but uh, we haven't got a video podcast. <laughs> um, now, look, Microsoft said it's not 100% happy with that, with that uh, ad, so they pulled it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It, As you would
0: be, really. <laughs> yeah, it was. I, I, I can see where they're going with it and what the point they're trying to make, but it was a little. I mean, this, you can see the texture and everything on, on screen. This is, yeah, it's not nice. A little too graphic. Uh, just a little, yeah. <laughs> it is kind of funny, though. I still see the funny side, but. Sure, indeed. I can understand why they pulled it. <laughs> still funny, but. <laughs> so you'll have to check that, that out on uh, th- There's copies on YouTube that you can look at. Alrighty, so, uh, well, that, that's really it for the international stories. It's reasonably quiet, unless there's something you, actually, you, didn't you have a story you wanted to raise as well about antivirus ratings?
1: Yes, AV Comparatives, a site that does comparatives of antivirus software, have released their latest comparison, and in it, it's quite surprising, the placing of Microsoft.
0: Where does Microsoft come? Tell us.
1: Microsoft comes in the top three. Really? <laughs> Strangely enough,
0: because <laughs> last week wasn't I on record for saying hmm, you just got to wonder, you know, whether you can really trust an antivirus product from the person who actually makes the operating system because what, what's in it for them?
1: Indeed, but and there we apparently go. you possibly can. In fact, Microsoft's product when they were looking at the heuristics to detect malware, not necessarily viruses, at this point. But malware, Microsoft's offering was the only one to have two or fewer false alarms. The next runner-ups, which included ESET and Kaspersky, which are the other two in the top three, they had between three and 15 false alarms. So malware-wise, Microsoft's was the, the, the shining product there.
0: It's I I can understand them looking at the false alarms and wanting to reduce that, but also you don't want to do that at the expense of false negatives. You know, of mm. of, of in other words, of missing stuff. So it'd be interesting to see how they how they did that. But look, that that is very surprising. I, I must indeed. say indeed. And
1: the um, Microsoft one also scored really highly in the virus protection as well. So well,
0: that's interesting.
1: It's so, in the top three.
0: <laughs> so can you just give us a top ten in order?
1: They don't have them in order. They have them in groupings. There's Advanced, Plus, which is the top grouping, mm-hmm. Advanced, Standard, or ones that were just in the tested, and they didn't really rank anywhere. So Advanced, Plus are the three best. They are ESET, Kaspersky, and Microsoft. Then in the Advanced category, we have Avira, GData, Bitdefender, EScan, Sophos, Symantec, and McAfee. Then in Standard, we have... AVG, Trustport, Avast, and F-Secure.
0: Okay. So
1: that's their, their, three, their three groupings.
0: Um, I'm kind of surprised because I I, I didn't look... I was
1: massively surprised at Microsoft's placement there. I thought it would be way lower.
0: Mm, especially for a uh, you know, reasonably new entrant. And I don't know whether they uh, acquired anything that with, with more experience. I'm, I'm guessing they must have. I don't know if they've come up with that from scratch. Mm. But uh, even so, uh, yeah, look, that, that's surprising. So... Maybe it's worth a looking. Maybe it is. Maybe it is indeed. There you go. And it's
1: going to be free.
0: Uh, yeah. Well, actually, was which product was that from Microsoft? Was it that free one, or was it?
1: No, this is Microsoft's OneCare, and their their new product is. Well, you know, why would they throw away OneCare? They'll just move OneCare as their new product. Their free product. Be interesting to keep an eye on it. We'll see what the the next comparatives look like.
0: I always like the one Kaspersky because a colleague of mine thought it was Casper Sky, and that's what he calls it. <laughs> so <laughs> the end joke is that we've now been calling it Kasper Sky because it sounds just that sounds nicer.
1: Well, <laughs> <laughs> indeed.
0: <laughs> all righty. Well, look, I, I guess that that's our international stories then for the week. That that's all there is, I'm afraid. Yeah. I, I could make stuff up to, to pad this show out, but there really isn't, <laughs>
1: <laughs> wouldn't be very uh, accurate. We could, we could, you know, have a gloss over the um, browsers, the fact that W3C are dropping certain standards from the new HTML5 based around the video and audio tags. They couldn't get agreement from the browser manufacturers over codecs. Oh, really? Yeah.
0: So what does that mean for HTML5? Is that, is that going to be sort of cut down, a cut down version?
1: I'm not sure. It was just something I read on Friday, in fact. It was glossing over the fact that W3C, you're going to have to relook look at the video and audio tags because of no agreement from browser manufacturers over what codecs to support, what codecs to include in their browsers by default.
0: Well, my guess is that it's far from finalized anyway, so we may eventually see, see an about turn on that and, and stuff come back in. Indeed. Just out of guess, but That's always these, the way. <laughs> well, yeah, and then these these things can these standards can take ages to be actually ratified. Mm. Mm-hmm. righty well, I uh, <laughs> I'll do this the third time. That's pretty much our international stories now, isn't it? Yes. Okay. <laughs> right, we're not we won't we won't make stuff up then. No. Okay. No. All right. <laughs> That's a deal. Alright, we'll take a short break and when we come back we'll talk about the New Zealand stories in the tech sector for this week. welcome back open to view.com is launching new mobile tagging in the form of using qr codes now let me just say this for those of you who don't know what qr codes are it's something that really hasn't been uh, used in new zealand very widely at all but is used very widely elsewhere in particular japan these are little 2d barcodes if you like little squares with basically black and white pixels in them that you can effectively scan with the camera on your cell phone and it translates that into text or a URL or some information. It's basically encoded information that your cell phone can, can see. So, yeah, this is, uh, it's good to see QR codes now actually being used in New Zealand or at least starting to be used.
1: Mm, I thought it was interesting seeing the a, the real estate industry taking advantage of that merging between the online and offline content. The fact that the their roadside signs saying for sale have this two dimensional barcode that the person walking past can just take a snap with their camera phone and the QR reader software on your phone interprets that and sends you off to the correct web page so you can look at all of the extra details which they couldn't put on the for sale sign right on your phone right when you're standing there that blurring of the line between when you're online and when you're offline and I think it's brilliant
0: yeah i mean up until now the only way they've really tried to do that is they put they give you an ID so they print an ID on the on the sign, and it says ID 37218 or whatever. You Now you go, you write that down, you go back home on the internet and punch that in. But this mm-hmm. is a lot better. You s- basically scan this thing, you, know, you just hold yeah. your phone up to it, basically, push a button, and bingo, your browser launches and you're on the page. So that, that, yep. That's good. That's really it's, good. It's
1: really inventive.
0: Mm. In fact, I've got a colleague who's doing a university paper and. Uh, and there 's a research topic, and their research topic is uh, for the for this paper is q r codes and the lack of use of them in new zealand J- they 're everywhere well. in japan you 've got them in magazines you know you buy these magazines and they 've got these little two d barcodes you you put your phone on in a way i can kind of I can see some benefits there, but there are a lot of uses that seem to be a case of Using it for the sake of using it, rather than, Indeed. you know, using it to be useful. But this yes. this example here in the real estate industry that w- we just talked about, I think is very useful. It's very useful. I don't. I still don't know why we don't see them in other places. Like another good example of where it would be good to see is for uh, ads for bill billboards. In fact, for movies or or your advertising on your bus stops for movies. Now, we see them a lot, and you'll see a, a URL like 2012movie.com or whatever it is. Yeah. You, you have to remember this or write it down, but if if they just – all they need to do is include a little barcode in the corner. Yeah. And, and people can think uh, of – You know, so I think if
1: you've, 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 you've hit on to something there, we should, you know, start a startup there. Wow. Make some money. Push it out to the movie theaters.
0: <laughs> mm, well, I mean, it's it's, kind of, it's it's kind of open, and it's so easy to do that they'll just – They'll do them themselves. Indeed. You know. They just
1: need to pick it up. Yeah. So hopefully yeah. with if it becomes successful and well-used and well-reported, the QR codes for open-to-view, then perhaps we will see places like movie theatres and that picking that up. Because I think that's that's brilliant what you've suggested. Having those things in the newspaper, you just put your cell phone over it and bada-bing. You can then read about the movie that it is, watch the trailer,
0: Mm. It's great. And you can do that now. But the problem is you have to remember the, either the name of the movie so you can Google it or you have to remember the exact URL or the, you know, that's that's the part that just makes it so much harder. And as mm. you said, you just put your phone to it and Bing, you're there. I mean, that's, that's so – and it's so easy. I don't know why they don't do it. It's so easy to do. That's the thing. You just print this thing on, on your yep. ad or on your billboard or on your whatever it is, in your magazine. Yeah. Yeah. Mm.
1: Well, we might see more of them.
0: This, this may well be we, the kickstart. Hopefully,
1: it won't end up like Japan, where there are, you know, far too many superfluous uses of these things. Uh, are, yeah, they're that's, just using it because they can, but there's no real purpose. Yeah, <laughs> kind of like Twitter, eh? Yeah,
0: <laughs> indeed. I knew you'd agree with that. <laughs> hey, we, by the way, we haven't got a Twitter story this week. You may have noticed. So, <laughs> <laughs> I um, did notice that. <laughs> All right, uh, Vodafone's thinking of introducing what they call femtocells, which in simple terms are basically an extension of their cellular network for your home. Think of it like, a, you know, you've got wireless routers at the moment for internet. Well, it's the same kind of thing, but it's for cellular phones and it extends mm. the Vodafone network. The only thing I'm not so sure about though is, you know, a lot of people have been commenting on the fact that, well, why should we be forking out? Because, you know, you, you have to buy these things. They're not cheap. Why should mm-hmm. we be forking out to extend their network? They're uh, like getting us but to do about, their dirty work.
1: It's about, ex, it's about improving the coverage for you at your place. So you would expect there to be some sort of reciprocating deal on if you're using your cell phone and it's going through your Femto site, that it's cheaper.
0: Perhaps, well, it's, it's, or
1: it's, access that you get access to more features.
0: Well, I haven't seen um, anything like that. And also, it uses your uh, broadband connection as well. So, th- there's data from your data camp that's gone out the window. So well, We haven't um,
1: seen what they're, what they're going to look like, what plans are going to look like if they come here. But it's been announced that um, they have not released any plans information here.
0: No, I know, but... The, yeah, but the way it works is still being. Yeah, you're right. Okay, the, the finer details aren't known. But even so, it seems... I don't know. I'm in two minds. I think this is, in a way, it can be a good thing. But look, if I'm a consumer and I think, well, okay, I can get great Telecom XT coverage here, but not so well with Vodafone, do I go and buy a, a femto cell? Or do I just go and buy a telecom phone and, and be done with it? That's what I would do. Why should I buy, buy a Vodafone handset plus a femto cell? I'll just go telecom. It's easier.
1: Oh, yeah, but you might end up paying more. One of the th- cool things about the the, the whole Femtocell cell thing, and it goes through your DSL line, which means it gets internet connected to keep you onto that three G network, is that it's very very VoIP, you know, voice over IP friendly. So you could be skyping from your phone. You know, remember we were talking about Skype becoming available on the iPhone, and we were wondering whether or not that would take away from people's from the cellular provider. Oh,
0: that's right. Yeah.
1: Well, here you've got a femtocell installed in your home. It goes through your DSL line. You've got Skype on your iPhone and it's connected to your femtocell. So it's still going through your cellular network from your cell phone to your femtocell and then it's vo- you know Skype all the way to Europe oh, yeah,
0: okay. for free yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> for significantly less than if you were just using your iPhone.
0: Calling yeah, but, wait, Europe. but wait a minute. We could do this anyway without this femtocell because your iPhone has wireless... Anyway, so you've got a wireless router at home; it goes out through there. Mm. So, why the need for empty cell? I don't know. I think, in a way, it's kind of nice to be able to extend your network. Where, but the other side of me thinks, well, that should be Vodafone. They they should be going and installing an extra repeater just down the road or up on the hill there. That, that's what they should be doing.
1: Well, it's still not going to get it if you I do happen to live in somewhere which. No matter whether or not the repeater is, you know, directly on your roof or directly on the hill which has direct line of sight to your house, your house might still get nothing.
0: <laughs> yeah, if you're if you're in an apartment that's lots of concrete and steel, and you're on the wrong side or something like that, yeah, that's true. Yeah, but I, I don't know. I am mm, not sure whether I should be embracing this or whether I should be criticising it. I kind of got a split <laughs> uh, split opinion on that. Well, we have to wait and see. It's one of those wait and see things as well. Like Mm. so so much is on this show because we're always talking about cutting edge here. Mm. Indeed. Okay, last story for New Zealand then and for the show, therefore. Uh, We're likely to miss out on those big Windows 7 discounts that other countries are getting. Canada, the US, Japan, UK, France, Germany can all be getting up to 50% off Windows 7 if they buy early enough.
1: We won't. If they, yeah, if they purchase before July eleventh, they will all get a discount fifty percent off of Windows Seven. But we're not going to get that.
0: No, not here in New Zealand.
1: Not here in New Zealand or Australia. So Australia has the same jip as us.
0: Well, that's uh, a, a bit sad, isn't it? Really, but we we see this a lot, don't we? Here. Hmm. Yeah. In-
1: we're always kidding the short end of the stick.
0: Absolutely. <laughs> Do you think it's because we're a small market? Ah, oh,
1: okay. In the olden days, maybe that made sense. Maybe it cost, you know, five times as much to ship to New Zealand. But really, honestly, in this day and age, to get to Australia or New Zealand, does it cost that much different than getting from America to Europe to different parts of Europe, it's a big place.
0: (laughs) Well, as you say, Europe is just as far from the United States as is New Zealand and Australia. Exactly. Mm.
1: It's like, yeah, they cannot justify a 50% discount uh, to those parts and then say that we can't give you the 50% discount because you're in New Zealand because it costs so much to ship there. That's not a reasonable, (laughs) it's not a reasonable statement anymore because it doesn't.
0: Or do you think it's the fact that they know that New Zealanders will just go out and buy it anyway, that we we have a good uh, uptake of Microsoft products here, so they're not pushing it here? Could that be? Could that be there's a higher Linux, for example, or or even Mac uptake in some of those other countries, Japan, France, Mm. US, Canada? Don't know. I mean, why do they do it?
1: I don't know. That's the point. <laughs> <I> <laughs> That's, the point of this. <laughs> That's the point of my rant. This is, I have no idea what in the world it is. What is their thinking that means that they don't offer discounts to Australia and New Zealand where they offer it everywhere else?
0: Mm. I mean, I, I know Apple do the same thing or at least did for a long time and it, it's getting better, but it's it's still a bit like that. We pay a huge New Zealand tax, if you want to call it that, or um, Australasian tax, if you like. Yeah. For Apple products, like you know, it's cheap. It's often cheaper to to buy them online from the US and have them shipped here than it is to buy them locally, which is just ludicrous. Oh,
1: indeed. <laughs> I highly recommend that if you know somebody in the US, Canada, Japan, the UK, France, or Germany, that before July 11th, you contact them and ask them to buy you a copy of Windows 7 if you are thinking about getting Windows 7.
0: Well, there's a there's a business opportunity. You can mass import from those places and sell them at a at a little bit of a profit. Here, I wonder if I'm not quite yeah. sure if that goes against the. Um, Oh,
1: that would definitely be against the EULA.
0: No, oh, okay. <laughs> oh, well, there goes that idea. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, that's, that's the show then for this week. Brett, thank you for hosting this with me once again. Not a problem. And uh, that's episode 24 all wrapped up. Episode 25 next week. Thank you very much for joining us, everybody. We'll see you then. Bye bye. Bye bye.